hello everyone welcome to the new episode of everyday talkies now before you jump on to listening to this episode wait take a breath smile get your regular dose of life changing entropy here on everyday talkies hello guys welcome to the new episode of everyday talkies and we're back with another episode of cuts jumps and steel today we'll be discussing 17th chapter speedboat to polynesia so this is the 18th episode but uh, yeah before all of that let's welcome our co-host pushkar hello hello it's been a long time since we recorded yeah like i think it's a boring dialogue that we repeat after like every wednesday now with people hearing yeah. it for them there is no delay but because we are recording like after a week or two weeks this time like initially i thought that this will become a bit boring but since i am recording it i'm editing it and now because it's been 2 months right since we released episodes because we are recording so much in advance I, and i get to release the episodes when it releases it it sounds so fresh it sounds like i'm learning something new again so yeah it's amazing like if i'm if i'm editing recording and still liking it and still liking my voice so that i think it's a success in my books no it's it, by the time you listen to it for the third time now that's that's when it finally like the lodges into your brain like i'm sure this book will be in my brain like better than the chapters or the subjects which i'm reading back in every year back in college <laughs> the amount of effort that i put into this book but okay we'll move on. uh we'll go ahead so yeah i think let's go ahead with the tradition of uh, summarizing so pushkar who should do this should we play a quick game to decide okay what is the game okay rock paper scissors and we have to be very truthful okay 3 2 1 and we decide we say what we have shown okay ready Okay. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors. I got rock. Okay, I got scissors. You won. So it's up to you. Who should do the uh, recap? Uh, I mean, I can do it, but it will be very short. I'll take the blame because I so want you to also, start. Also, like with audience, episode. if you're if you're listening to this, we've just spent two minutes deciding who's going to recap. <laughs> Better you guys just listen to the past episodes. Yes, please do. Yeah, uh, it's amazing, and you'll get a lot of things to learn. But okay, for people who are joining us, guys, uh, to give a context about what we're discussing, we are discussing the book uh, Guns, Jumps, and Steel by Jared Diamond. I think it's one of the you know, coolest books that I've read from uh, like a long, long time after like *Sapiens*. So yeah, uh, the book started with uh, Yali's question. Uh, we are trying to answer. you know why are some areas more developed than the other you know why was european areas more developed than the uh, new guinean regions and i think uh, it comes full circle because we discussed new guinea in this chapter uh, a lot so yeah and after that we had a couple of chapters where we discussed the experiments in history how different areas developed uh, so differently even being in such close proximity due to you know various reasons just maori mori or kahamarka and all of that and then we had uh, i think five or six episodes on uh, plants on the domestication of animals domestication of plants how plants evolved and you know how every food that we eat uh, came from somebody's poop uh, that's a staple line that we have to mention and then we had some nut jokes in between we learned about animal domestication how cats are useless but still gods okay and some amazing concepts like you know how the latitude and longitude of the world uh, decides how things propagate Uh, be it uh, animal domestication or even human intelligence for that matter yeah do check that episode i think it was one of the most eye opening episodes uh, because it's a very common thing which all of us know but we don't really relate to it and then it comes to the basic uh, theme of the book right guns germs and steel we discuss the germs portion i think one of our favorite episodes till date then we you know learn about languages and writing and then uh, technology and then evolution government and all of that and now i think we are in the part 4 and the last part of the book where we started with discussing about yali's people that was majorly you know focused towards australia new guinea and then we moved into china uh, we again enjoyed that because you know 
I think there's a continuation to uh, to that. So please listen to that episode at least if you're listening to this one because there was a very unusual uh, revelation that China was basically divided into North China, South China, and North China basically usurped the entire of China, and the South Chinese people basically migrated towards uh, our. Uh, what do you call southeast it? asia yeah southeast asia and then they migrated towards the pacific islands and that is where we are right now that is where where we are we are uh, this chapter 17 chapter speedboat to polynesia where we discuss about all the different polynesian uh, pacific islands uh, madagascar is also included there for some reason and uh, yeah a bit of new guinea as well yeah so that is basically the summary so pushkar now on to you okay so we start with a very interesting it's not a hypothetical situation it's a real situation that uh, jared diamond talks about when he was back in uh, indonesia and they were surveying some land for uh, one of his projects and he talks about uh, walking into a store in a uh, in the city of jaipura the capital of uh, indonesian new guinea uh, which was first of all funny because it's called jaipura and like you can see the yeah, you know uh, dravidian roots there but yep. yeah anyway uh, he talks about uh, his friends who were named uh, akhmad uh, vivor and saukari the three friends who walk into uh, the store which was owned by the guy named pingwa who is chinese so this very much like plays out like uh, you know uh, two people walk into a bar type of a joke and then he goes on to describe the situation uh, because see uh, because you see that um, pingwa is chinese vivor and saukari are uh, south like north papa north guinean and south guinean and then akhmad is uh, indonesian and how the uh, interplay between all these people is described like is defined by their history is defined by their uh, culture and how it cre- led to somewhat um, comedic situations like uh, you know you they couldn't find uh, shoes that would fit the uh, the south uh, guinean guy because he, his feet were not used to uh, you know wearing footwear and they had grown like really wide and you had stuff like the the shopkeeper hiding his chinese newspaper because there was a law there was like a soft law in indonesia that uh, kind of uh, made chinese print of any kind illegal so all these things um, that that came into play which uh, which leads jared diamond to basically point out that how these all these differences in such a um, small piece of land came about to be you know like um, even though uh, indonesia like co- conquered the w- what is it western part of java uh, western part of new guinea sorry uh, indonesia conquered the western part of new guinea uh, back in uh, the 60s or whatever and uh, because of that it has created such an interesting hierarchy because you have chinese people you have indonesians you have um, you know uh, new guineans all in the same place and also like somewhat austronesians all in the same place trying to cohabitate and how this kind of cohabitation can kind of create circumstances that lead to one person being uh, having power over another or one person coming to uh, coming into conflict with another because of because of certain reasons and that's what we that's what is essentially at the core of this chapter it's about the whole of polynesia and the millions of um, different identities that exist in there how they came to coha- cohabitate or how they came to coexist together true and you know i think before we deep dive into this i think it's important to understand the whole geography of situations you know for people who have a map open i think it's one of the good things because i seriously needed that map uh, while i was reading this chapter because uh, it's wonderful how they exp- uh, explained how people migrated from china to then indonesia and then it uh, basically crossed through all the uh, you know southeast asian 
places like Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, all that area. And there's a nice thing about Taiwan, which I think we'll have a nice discussion about. So there is Indonesia, Philippines, and then it basically you know jumps into Papua New Guinea, and then it again spreads through Pacific Islands, and then towards the south we have Australia, New Zealand, and all of that. So you know, remember this, have a mental map of this because this will be very helpful when we discuss about you know how people migrated from one place or the other. I think we had this discussion back long back. I think in the first or the second chapter where we talked about how humans migrated from Africa to you know Europe, the first modern human beings, then Asia, and we quickly brushed through. the entire section that how uh people from you know the modern humans from eurasia they migrated towards asia then why indonesia they you know landed towards uh, new guinea and australia and all of that but this chapter basically really deep dives into the portion that how exactly that migration happened and it challenges the fact that europeans were not the ones who first conquered most of the land around the world it was the austronesians the yeah, europeans weren't the only ones who did that so, so what he talks about is that um in the last chapter we saw that uh, china as a whole like it's such a you know huge mainland uh, it was able to achieve a sort of what's the word i'm looking for it's it it, it was able to achieve this unification homogenization uh, unity cultural unity that has lasted for more than a thousand years whereas if you look at uh, these polynesian island you know all these scattered pieces of land all over you know this uh, this area you can see that uh, all of these created such a uh, such such diversity which is in such contrast to what we saw in the last chapter and how it came to be about so what um, what he's what jared diamond is talking about is that um, he says that when we think of major overseas population movements we tend to focus on those since columbus's discovery of the americas and on the resulting replacements of non europeans by europeans within histor- historic times but there was also a big overseas movements long before columbus and prehistoric replacements of non european peoples by other non european peoples so what this essentially comes down to is that uh, the original austronesians uh, or the original original polynesian uh, inhabitants they over time have been replaced or at least influenced largely by other people who came there and colonized um, Uh, some of their lands like initially when the first humans settled in australia and uh, you know the larger austronesian continent what happened about like you know 30 or 40000 years after that and when was this time when certain other people from the asian mainland came and kind of sort of replaced them and why that happened that's what mainly what we uh, get into in, into this chapter as you was going to mention that ancient peoples in china and south asia migrated south to explore these islands right like java new guinea and indonesia so again jardam has his main question that why did asians colonize uh, you know javans and new guineans instead of the other way around and i think as soon as we ask this question i think people who have been listening to us continuously already know the answer mostly because it's again the same thing right it's like it's again environment it's again how early you have developed the the better you have weapons the better uh, food pro- uh, domestication and all of that you have the more advanced you have the more advantageous position that you are in to conquer the other land but to you know have a side note about taiwan i really like this portion so you know populations of indonesian china look like a lot of south chinese far more than they resemble that of you know let's say austria or new guinea or these places yeah that we learned in the the last chapter why the south uh, southeast asian people look like south chinese and why the chinese people are not chinese because you know they kind of got pushed down exactly these people the people who originally uh, lived in um, let's say indonesia philippines and all these people these are called austronesian people so because i think we will be referring to austronesia multiple times so it's important to establish what austronesian people are so 
they were the original indigenous so we call them like uh, native americans so which was basically usurped by uh, let's say your uh, uh, europeans. europeans and then we have yeah. aboriginals in australia they got uh, usurped by europeans so here these uh, austronesian peoples were usurped by south chinese people right and initially austronesian people were hunter gatherers and it was basically said that the agriculture right the agriculture in these places came from taiwan now the you know the funny or i don't know the irony in the situation is that the roots of all these places came from taiwan and today taiwan is at a, is in, in a position where it is in a struggle to find its own identity from china no i mean if you go far enough all the people in taiwan are actually not uh, inherently taiwanese what uh, at least one would consider like you know the austronesian people that were in taiwan don't really exist as much anymore as as they are anymore they're just more of you know the chinese population and uh, it's just yeah it's interesting to see the the conflicts that can arise between the, uh, between all these people you know true like the original taiwanese now settled in indonesia and all of this and the people who currently live in taiwanese are basically not chinese people so yeah it's again a whole different mess that's happening there but yeah okay but coming to the point of you know i think there was an important uh, like uh, mentioning in this chapter where he talked about how these people traveled from one island to the other you know using small boats and canoes and how important these inventions were like we were you know struggling to understand that how the hell did these people travel from these islands and i understand you know the world was in still in shift there were land masses global warming was not crazy back then and uh, you know people could traverse through lands maybe sea level was not that high but still you needed boats you needed you know proper vehicles to you know let's say travel kilometers of uh, sea and people who had the means to do so was able to conquer the other lands sooner than the other so let's say when we talk about new guinea the first thing that comes to mind i think from the very first chapter people must understand that people, mostly people are hunter gatherers right they didn't even understand the use of stone tools much later no not in new guinea at least but like the larger like javanese islands and uh, all these places because new guinea had developed its own uh, farming population like its own agriculture uh, a, a good chunk like a just about the, at the same time as the fertile crescent the, what what struck me as very interesting about this whole uh, polynesian affair is that um jared diamond calls this whole thing that started about 6000 years ago the austronesian expansion so uh, when we look at a lot of history today uh, a lot of it is largely defined by the european expansion because uh, you've heard me talk about uh, you know uh, our colonization and other colonies across the world that were you know the part of the uh, uh, english empire the french empire the dutch empire what not and how all that has shaped the world as it is today uh, you know you've heard me complain about it constantly uh, for like so long but learning about this like this austronesian expansion that happened almost 6000 years ago before even the european expansion was a thing is so interesting to me to learn because i know very little uh, like I, i kind of realized that i know very little about uh, everything that has happened been happening in kind of my uh, you know metaphorical backyard and i know and i have been studying a lot about the european um, expansion instead i mean not that it's not rele- uh, relevant but still like uh, this is like something this is a new avenue that has kind of opened up for me uh, to learn about you know in terms of the people of uh, southeast asia and the people of polynesia we know your fascination with southeast asia especially so yeah i'm sure yeah. you will be interested about that but i think we discussed in the uh, uh, you know i think last chapter also back in the writing chapter as well that how important it is for languages and linguists to like that basically uh, you know becomes the basis of understanding how culture you know moved or like which place actually 
has rich heritage there was an example which he mentioned that the word for sheep in spanish russian greek and lithuanian is remarkably similar to those of ancient people uh back then so it basically you know gives a connection that okay these people might have traded sheep so there is a very ancient connection between polynesian languages and taiwanese languages so by that logic it means that the origin the basically the heritage of polynesian people came from taiwan and that was the basis of their hypothesis and which you know got proved by other you no know, discoveries and basically what uh, he's trying to say happened is that uh, when agriculturists because they had figured out the whole means of food production they could start to expand and once they were expanding they were using boats and everything to kind of traverse into the larger polynesian uh, archipelago not archipelago i guess uh, whatever the polynesian um, group of islands and uh, once they reached there they they started kind of uh, uh, interacting with maybe less developed societies uh, you know societies that did not have food production that did not have uh, domesticated animals and because they did not have these things they did not have any words for them in their language right so when for example a south chinese person came to one of the polynesian islands and he was like look at this this is a sheep so they would basically show the sheep and uh, tell them the word for sheep and the people who lived uh, on the polynesian island had no idea what a sheep was so they would just be like so this is called whatever the word for sheep is and we'll just adopt that adopt that word into our language that's how um, that's how like he says that a lot of these polynesian languages developed from the original taiwanese languages uh, like um, you know because like some of the, the some of the polynesian languages might have been primitive the the existence of a more complex language kind of uh, grafted itself onto that um, uh, original language to create like a, a majorly influenced you know new language there is this whole aspect right i think which we skipped through in the earlier portion that how there's a vast difference between the southeast asian occupation from Thai, uh, taiwan to philippines and indonesia to that of new guinea right so i know we i think all of us now know the answers but it's important to again state it out you know for the sake of clarity that around i think 1500 years ago or 1500 no no 1500 years ago 3000 years ago 1500 bc uh basically these south asian people when they came into philippines and indonesia because people in Phil- philippines and indonesia were not the developed devastating the hunter gatherer phase the south asian people could or basically taiwanese people could basically you know capture this land with no issues so that is why you see these islands like java sumatra and all of them they are basically have the entire culture of southeast asia overloaded on them and uh, like they they have like lighter skin they have uh, more prominent like south chinese features uh, rather than like austronesian features that you would find in uh, papua new guinea or even like mainland australia like it's the same thing that happened in australia with the aborigines right like once the europeans came they pretty much wiped out the aborigines uh, Abor- aboriginal population like uh, recently i read that one of the last like maori people uh, died very recently yeah 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 so mm-hmm. yeah so it's basically just like that like uh, you know 3000 years ago southeast uh, south chinese people kind of came down to uh, javanese islands and uh, they because they had the the tools of agriculture because they had food production with them they were able to successfully kind of replace the population replace the uh, less um, uh, less developed population that existed on the javanese islands that did not have you know the agriculture and the technology to uh, create a more complex civilization and what the stark difference that jared diamond points out is that uh, all these people in 
southeast asia javanese islands or philippines and all that were uh, easily replaced to a really like uh, clean extent but when it uh, when they came to like papua new, papua new guinea they weren't able to uh, the papua new guineans were able to resist that change or that replacement uh, because they had developed uh, agriculture independently on their own they had like stone tools and uh, they had like a more complex uh, hierarchical society uh, which kind of um, enable them uh, enable them to resist um, any sort of change or any sort of replacement from uh, oncoming invaders you know i think it again boils down to the same thing guns jobs and steel right he also mentions that how new guinea had this own uh, they, because they were also resistant to malaria and tropical diseases so basically the south chinese people could not you know attack them with that uh, weapon and uh, and there's also an interesting point he mentioned right that new guinea as a place is a very unique uh, geography that we had i think discussed at the last chapter as well uh, or last last chapter where the central portion is a highland right where people mainly live there and you know people are more developed there but in the coastal regions you see these people who came from south chinese they could you know penetrate those areas they could you know establish control because these people were still you know let's say not completely hunter gatherer but not as advanced as people who were living in maybe central new guinea and that is why they could never really penetrate the forest area because okay only the new guineans knew how to navigate those areas second it was highland so they were you know that plants and uh, stone tools and all of that so, and they were resistant to the diseases so as you know and also the new guineans could uh, the new guineans could uh, like pick out uh, poisonous mushrooms for, <laughs> from non poisonous mushrooms <laughs> Okay, for that reference, guys, find out which episode it was. But essentially, I mean, that's what that's that's what it um, uh, boils down to, you know, like just um, effects in weather, just effects in just these um, very meager, very random seeming um, uh, factors that led to certain civilizations thriving and certain other civilizations kind of disappearing. And um, I mean. i would like to think at least that humans we weren't like as smart we weren't smart enough back then to kind of realize or maybe we were who knows that if you kind of built a civilization in the highlands that you would have more resistance than if you were in the lowlands you know i think it was just like the luck of the draw that some people settled um, in the in the high mountains and some people uh, settled in the coastal areas and that's what kind of sealed their fate no i'm 100% sure it is luck it is not human intelligence that i can guarantee because i think you know first of all we okay let's not credit ourselves and second of all you see that people i think there's one common thing humans like to explore more and i think that is evident right so that innate need for curiosity so even when they found out a very nice area let's say you know new guinea for that matter or any one of the islands maybe indonesia for that matter right but they still wanted to go ahead they found australia new zealand they said no i'll go further south and they again turned back to hunter gatherer like they basically devolved so i think it's just the innate need to go farther and farther and expand their civilization i think that was the primary driving factor and you know i sometimes wonder like what is that innate need amongst us humans and even like people like us right that i know we are still tied down to our you know home grounds we like to travel and all of that but still we have that innate wish to have that star trek in world or maybe all of that uh that okay we need to explore planets and all of that or it's just me i don't know where does it come from is it like a hereditary thing is it i don't know coded into us by some thing who knows maybe someday we'll find out or maybe we won't maybe it's just all random yeah who knows like after reading all of this uh, you know how nature weather latitude and longitude it's just pure chance that people develop the way they are okay and even right now towards the end he mentions right that europeans had extreme power to capture almost the entire world but the east asian and pacific people they could not touch them why because these people had temperate climates they developed agriculture similarly and they developed resistance to uh, let's say diseases and they could find 
formed their own natural barrier which prevented let's say the uh, europeans to come in like hawaii uh, new guinea and all of these people are still immune to uh, europeans to some extent no and i i'm so glad you brought the uh, the whole natural barrier thing up because um, right now as we like i don't know when this episode will come out but as we are recording we're looking right now at um, yet another large empire that has um, kind of uh, failed miserably in the land that is afghanistan and we are seeing like uh, the us after like 20 uh, years of occupation kind of uh, you know slink back and uh, return like kind of pull out of afghanistan with the with their tail between their legs and it's just that just go to goes to show that even today like we think of ourselves as so modern and so much um, so so much in control of everything but actually we're not like look at the the america spends like so much on their military prowess like uh, you know it it has its military budget is more than what the next 20 countries combined even with all that technology all that strategy all that you know the supposedly the best minds working working there today even with all that they could not go into afghanistan and achieve the goals that they wanted to achieve and now they've just uh, kind of pulled out and left it in a state of complete chaos and this is this is nothing new by the way like uh, over time like afghanistan is a great example because over time uh, a lot of people had have tried to uh, take over the that land to occupy that land and to change it but they sim- simply haven't been able to because in large part uh nature simply does not allow them to the british empire tried the russians tried now the uh, now the us has tried and all of them has have failed and it's like it's not because like the afghani people have like better technology they have a better society or they have any sort of um, you know bigger minds that allow them to resist uh, such invasions it's just that the land that exists there is not something that you uh, a foreigner can just come in and conquer if you if you if you have been in the in that land if you have if you have uh, you know been of that land for like thousands of years only then can you know uh, how to survive it in a way but you know that brings a question like which land actually has people that has people you know from thousands of years of heritage because europeans basically you know recently they conquered americas then you have australias all of that is gone right Uh, the original europeans are also replaced by some other country or the other or maybe you could say yeah they are the only ones who have some kind of heritage but at least they, because they come back from the, the old cromagnons or the modern europeans but as far as i know we haven't been replaced by anyone at least in india like we have at least like a few thousand years that we can go back to and even in southeast asia like just now that we learned you know uh the euronesian austronesian expansion that started you know, happened like 6000 years ago and like uh, around 3000 years ago all these uh, uh, people settled into southeast asia so they do they have lived there for like about at least a thousand or 2000 years so uh, so they have like a certain idea of uh, how to um, how to traverse that land i'm just saying that um, a person by himself in you know his lifetime or like in say two or three life lifetimes cannot willingly set out to achieve these kinds of things you know like it it is a very gradual process that happens over hundreds of years um and uh, if it happens you can only kind of um look at its consequences in hindsight it's never like we plan to do this i don't think any of the south chinese people ever planned to kind of spread out over polynesia and uh, replace the native populations there it it just um, kind of happened but you know uh, there is this, uh, i think we'll close it out with this thought but 
we always have this very scorn attitude towards Europeans because you know they usurped the land and they killed people and all of that. But when we are talking about Polynesia, I don't know that scornfulness does not come in. Is it because we are not aware of them? Because they do the same thing, right? They kill people. I they... Mean, yeah, yeah, probably. Like uh, as soon as like the words left my mouth, I kind of realized that there there must be like some really horrible things that uh, people who colonized uh, certain areas of Polynesia and replaced the population did. Like there are ba- there are bound to be like genocides and everything. Yeah, there, like, the kind of that we the kind that we associate with the Europeans doing to the Native Americans back there. I'm sure like there must be a counterpart to that uh, in like the the. Um, the populations of uh, taiwan and everything the uh, taiwanese populations coming down and you know uh, doing to the austronesians uh, no the austronesians did that to the polynesians sorry yeah but yeah all heritage back to taiwan yeah yeah it's really something to think about that this is like kind of given me like um, a new um, avenue to kind of go down and wander into then maybe someday uh, i can research more about it and find out more but yeah it's it's really good that just um you know in 20 pages jared diamond can give you so much information and um, kind of open up your world in a way that it wasn't before just like because we think of ourselves as so uh, aware and so uh, if i may use the word woke but uh, we know so little about uh, things that have happened around us you know 400% like i think people today you know I'm sure they have learned a lot about European history from the history books. I think that is what the entire history book talks about, or the Indian history. But go research a bit about you know how the whole culture. I know it's not recent history; it's six thousand years. But I think it's fun to read. I think if you're following us for the past eighteen, nineteen episodes, I'm sure you're in already love with history and the kind of uh, things that we're talking about here. So go check check that. I'm sure Pushkar will do. I'll do it. And uh, yeah. We'll I know. I mean, back. even if it is like six thousand years ago, you you do find some answers there. You know, like Correct. something in your mind just kind of clicks. Like, oh, this is why certain things are the way they are. You, you kind of understand the world around you a little bit better. This episode is going way too long, but I have to tell this point. After reading this book, I understand there is no point of discrimination. You know, like people did not choose that the way they are. You know, Chinese people did not choose. that like we we basically you know indians i have seen people around my family they get disgusted when you know we think the chinese people eat dogs or other animals but their heritage their culture evolved in such a way that they had no other choice we looked down upon you know people in new guinea eating uh, humans but they had no other choice that is how they evolved yeah maybe today it's not right but there are certain conditions how people evolved their eating habits or the way they lived it was not under the control you know it's random chance occurrence in the world where people evolved and that is how the civilization developed there so i think with that last thought i'll finally conclude this episode and we'll go back to the more traditional uh, talks uh, in the next chapter where we discuss the old world and the new world meeting all of that oh that should be that's going to be interesting uh, yeah uh, i mean i can't believe like we've we've almost made it to the end of this book yeah i think three or four more episodes coming in so yeah that's one more month for people who are listening this uh, whenever this episode releases so yeah uh, thank you for supporting us i think in advance and yeah keep on listening if you have any other ideas uh, let me and pushkar know we're sorry going to try and take out some time and record things for you guys yes <laughs> till then yeah do all the stuff follow us buy us a coffee and whatever all that but yeah it's been amazing and we'll catch you in the next episode bye bye Thank you for listening to this episode. Follow us on social media and do let us know if you want to be part of the next episode. Till then, live long and prosper.